Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We're in week two. Anybody enjoying the Generous series so far? Week two, kicking off today. Um, God has more for me than me. God has more for me than me. And a core value of our house is that we are generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Some of you are getting it. We're going to get that going. We're generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. And I don't know what brought you here. I don't know what journey you're on in life, but I do know God is generous. I know he's generous, and I know he is able to do more than you and I combined. And you may be sitting there thinking, bravo, Josh. Thanks for coming all the way from Marshfield for telling us that. Great revelation. I say thank you. We'll see you guys next time a couple years from now. But in all reality, God is generous, and I can tell you he's able to do do more. And we've heard it a thousand times, that he's the God of the impossible, he's the God of greater things, and yet we still sit there and wonder, why do I feel the way I do? Why why are my prayers not being answered? Why why am I not seeing progress or transformation or, or this radical change that I see taking place in other people's lives? And I I can honestly say, I don't know. Like, I don't know why God hasn't done the things he hasn't done. But I can tell you how he does the things he does. And there's a big difference between those two things. Here's the way God works. God invites us into his process. God invites us into his process process. And we have this tendency to bring a need before God or to to say a prayer or to write out a request. And then we say, okay, God, you do it. I need you to take care of it. And God's like, okay, this is what I need you to do. No, 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 no. I need you to take care of it. I need you to do X, Y, Z so that, that I can have this thing over here. And he's like, okay, I'm going to do that, but here's what I need you to do. God invites us into the process. And I've even found myself praying these prayers of, God, just move me out of the way. Just move me out of the way and and, and do what you want. And, And I had to check myself because God doesn't want to move us out of the way. God wants to move us and use us to accomplish his will, to bring breakthrough, to make it happen. He's saying, I I I wanna I wanna walk with you in this. I want to use you. I don't want to move you out of the way. I've given you a purpose. He says, okay, I'm going to do it, but here's what I need you to do. And a simple illustration is we we could pull from any of the the numerous passages in Scripture or the stories in Scripture, but think about the feeding of the 5,000, right? So there's there's some estimates from 11 to to 20,000 people, they've come to, to hear Jesus speak, and it's getting late, it's getting dark, and the disciples come to Jesus, and they're like, hey, listen, um, it's getting late, and these people have no, no food, and we need to send them away so that they can, they can go home. And Jesus is like, what's he say to him? He says, you feed them. You give them something to eat. And they're like, you have no idea how much that would cost. Like, no, we don't have it. And, and so they find some bread and some fish, and what happens next? God provides the miracle, but the disciples deliver the food. God uses the disciples. He doesn't move them out of the way and just go, all right, got it done, taken care of. No, he uses his people to deliver the miracle. 
Make no mistake, God could do it on his own. He's completely sovereign. But from Genesis, from the creation of everything, God has been inviting us into his story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the chapter goes on to describe that everything God creates also has the ability to create. So it also has the ability to work and to produce. So God creates the sun, or God creates light, and then he pr- creates the sun and the stars that produce light. God creates the earth, but then he creates ecosystems so that the earth can create, right? God creates plants, and plants create plants. God creates trees, and then trees create trees. Some of you are picking up on the pattern. God creates livestock, and livestock create God creates people, and people create, no, people create problems and messes, but we're going to get to that, okay? We're going to get to that. That's why I'm standing up here. So from creation, God has been giving his people, his creation, the ability to create. He's been giving and providing and trusting. He's been inviting us to be generous and teaching us how to be like him. God is all is at work all around us all the time. There's no question about it. But he is inviting us into his story, a story of his grace where he is providing everything. Ephesians 2.10, Paul says it this way. For we are God's handiwork, some, some versions say workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his handiwork. The word there in the Greek is actually poem. We are God's poem created to do good works, not menial works, not mindless works, good works that he has prepared. All we have to do is step into the work that he has provided, which means we aren't coming in here this morning with this weight of ought to. I, I ought to be here. I ought to be doing these things. It's Sunday morning, so I, I, I need to be in church. It's the right thing to do. And if, if you did come in this morning and is, that is your attitude, I want to say welcome. And I want to say I'm glad you're here, but God has more for you this morning than an ought to attitude. We are here under the banner that says God has provided, he has supplied, and he has invited me to show gratitude, to show generosity, to serve wholeheartedly. I'm invited to set the tone of grace into the lives of the people I come into contact with. I've been invited to carry the name of Jesus to carry the name of Jesus. God has been generous and gracious, and I want to respond the way I was created to respond by showing grace and being generous and showing mercy and reflecting the character and the attributes of God by doing what he did. And this isn't a day of ought to or obligation. This is a day of opportunity to serve God, to partner with him, and to go all in. But the lie the enemy wants us to believe is I don't have enough. I don't have enough time or I don't have enough talent. And those are the two things I want to talk to us today about. The enemy deceives us into thinking, I don't have enough time or I don't have enough talent to do the things God wants me to do. And it really comes down to, do you trust him with what he has given you? Do you trust him with what he says? And do you trust him to go all in, to serve and to give? And not just give generously. Listen, generous giving is the baseline for where Christians start their giving. Generosity is what we should be known for. Generous giving is where we start. But do you trust God enough to give sacrificially? Do you trust him enough to give more, to when it hurts to give? 
Paul writes to the Philippians and he says, And my God will meet your need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's God who supplies us with everything we need. And we love the fact that God gives us everything. Right? We love the fact that God gives 100%. Just sang a couple songs. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. For endless days we'll sing his praise. And, and he has no rival. He has no equal. Now and forever our God. And we sing songs about victory. God, I'm going to see a victory. And we proclaim it and we declare it. We sing songs about Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And, and he took on our sin. And, and, and we tell people about how he... We're going to heaven with him, and he paid our debt. And we're like, yeah, I love it. God went 100% for me. But I'm going to need a four-week series on how to be generous to give 10% back to him. I'm going to need a series to tell me how to give back to the God who's given to me in the first place. Because I'm busy, and I have bills. And I have plans, and I have kids, and, and I have a life, and I have responsibilities, and, 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 and we lose the fact that what we have is already his. It's merely on loan. That includes our time and our talent. Our time and our talent are not merely for his gain, or for our gain, but they're for his glory. And I don't say this from a place of guilt or condemnation. Like, that's not what I'm here to do. I say this because I've observed it in my life. That when I'm stingy with my time and my talent, there's a lack of happiness in my life. Because I'm designed to give my time and my talent to the God who gave it to me in the first place. Because really the question for all of us, the question on the table for all of us, at the end of your life, when you come to the end, God's going to ask, what did you do with what I gave you? I mean, we, I love that we sang, oh, praise the name this morning. He shall return. And we're going to talk more about that. But what did you do with what you were given? Did you trust him enough to go all in with your time, your talent, and your treasure? And really, as we'll see, did you trust him as much as he trusts you? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you uh, for these moments we get to share and and just how you're moving in us and how you're moving in this house. And I pray, Lord, that you would use us and continue to use us, to continue to revitalize us and to open our eyes to, to your kingdom and your glory and in how you want us to live. That your economy is upside down from our own and, and, and backwards and forwards and, and, and things don't always make sense, but we want to trust you. God, and we know that even trust itself, even faith itself is a gift from you, and we, we want to receive that today, and we claim that, and it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. So the title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30. Just to set the scene a little bit, uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he often teaches through parables. Now, a parable is a, uh, is a short story with a heavenly principle. In this particular parable, um, Jesus describes a master and some servants. And in the story, uh, Jesus is the master. God is the master, and the servants are us. 
If you call yourself a Christian, you, you fall into the category of a servant in this story. Um, the master is the absolute owner of all persons and things, and the servants are, are Jesus' followers, his disciples, they're us. Are we, are we tracking here, everybody good? Having a good time? Yeah? Enjoying church? All right. Okay. Verse 14. Again, so Jesus is describing the kingdom of heaven, and really what he's doing is he's describing what God is like. So again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Let me hear you say entrusted. Oh, that was, come on, that was weak. Let me hear you say entrusted. Entrusted. I find it interesting that the story starts with trust. The story of this parable starts with trust. Before we are given a task, God shows us his trust. God trusts us, and he trusts us way before we ever trust him. He isn't obligated to give this trust, but it's out of his grace that he gives it. And we can't earn this trust because it's not ours to earn. It's his to give. And so God trusts us. This is grace. This is the wealth of God put on display to trust us with his grace. Verse 15, to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So stick with me here. Gets a little weird. It's going to be okay. The, the word talent in this story is actually where we get our English word talent. Okay, so talent meaning gift, ability, skill. That's where we get our English word talent. But the word talent in the story is a metric for a measurement of money. And we're not talking about a small sum of money. So the, the master gives five talents, it's not like $5. Or three talents, it's not like $3 or one. It's, no, it's like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Tony Stark kind of money. Okay, people, this is huge sums of money that he's handing out. So master trusts the servants with a ton of money. Now, to add confusion, the, the parable isn't really about money. It's about God trusting us enough to give us good gifts to serve him with and what we do with what we are given. So the second thing we have to understand is not to undervalue what we've been given. Don't undervalue what you've been given. Each servant is given different amounts, but all three were given much because it was out of the master's wealth that he gave. It's out of God's grace that God gives, and he graces us with talent according to our abilities based in his sovereignty, not based in our desire, which means stop comparing yourself to what somebody else has and start trusting God with what he has given you. Stop comparing what you have to what somebody else has and start trusting God with what he's already given you. And I'm not, I'm not discrediting hard work. Like, you can go and work your craft. I'm not discrediting that. I'm not discrediting long hours. I'm not discrediting uh, sacrificial giving. Who do you think gave you the work ethic in the first place? Who do you think gave you the endurance and created you with the endurance to be able to go the long hours? Who do you think set the tone and, and gave the example for what it means to, to be a sacrifice? Jesus. He created you that way. He made you to be able to work long hours. Everything we have is from him. And my prayer this morning is that God would open our minds and our hearts and our eyes for us to see that it's all his and that we're just stewards of what he has given. We're merely stewards. Verse, eight, verse 16, the man who had received five talents went at once and put his money 
to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's talent. First guy, given five talents, didn't waste any time, puts it to work, boom, five more. Second guy, two talents, wastes no time, puts it to work, two more. And the mindset of these two is the mindset of some in the church. I'm not going to waste what I've been given. I'm going to lean into the process. I'm going to believe that me using my time and my talent is going to be for the glory and the benefit of God and the benefit of others. I'm not going to hold it. I'm not going to be selfish with it. I'm going to hold it with an open hand, and I'm not going to sit idle. I'm going to do something. But the third guy, he goes off and he digs a hole and he hides it. He hides the gift. And unfortunately, this is the category that many in the church fall into. We are hiding our gift. And I, 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 you know, I often hear um, from people who maybe do something in, 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 in the world, like that's their job. Like I'll use teachers as an example. That, well, I'm around, you know, fifth graders all day. I don't want to be around fifth graders and, and kids. And, and, and like, hey, I get it. Like, I understand. I, I couldn't be around fifth graders like you guys do. I, I mean, Come on, some of you have fifth graders. You've got to be in agreement with this. But whether you're a teacher or investor or a photographer or you're a computer person or, or, or you're a builder, you have a talent that God has given you. So maybe as a teacher, it doesn't look like going back into kids and teaching in class. Maybe it looks like gathering up our teachers who are great to begin with, but teaching them how to teach. You can still use your talent. You can still pour into the kingdom. You do it for a living, but you won't use it for the kingdom. And I, like I said, I completely get it. But remember, God has given us a talent and invited us into his story. And too many dig a hole and bury what they've been given. And, and what's interesting is the one who dug the hole, I mean, I don't know if any of you have tried to dig a hole in southwest Missouri. It is the absolute worst. Like, you need dynamite or a backhoe or, you know, Pastor Mark, who's huge. Like, just... <laughs> He spent a lot of time and a lot of energy exerting just for what? To go nowhere. He wasted the gift of the master's time and talent, but he also wasted his own. He didn't invest. He didn't exercise it. He hid it in the ground. Ever done that? Ever wasted a talent? Ever wasted time? I mean, and then what, what inevitably happens? You regret it, right? You regret wasting your talent. You regret wasting your time. You look back at your teenage years, or your 20s, your 30s, some of you 40s, your 50s, and go, I wish I wouldn't have wasted so much time and energy chasing something that had so little return. And it's not just that we're wasting it, but what, what we're going to see is that it's not just a waste. It's an offense. It's a sin against God to waste these things. Verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five talents brought the five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share of your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have 
gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The first two recognize I've been trusted with a gift. So they take the gift. They utilize the gift. And, and the, the, the master says, well done. This is what I wanted. They put it to work. They applied themselves. They were selfless. They were actually reflecting the character of the master. They were being generous. And the reward is well done. Hey, way to go. Verse 24. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not counted scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. So here's what belongs to you. The third servant was unwilling to do the work. The third servant was unwilling to invest his time and his talent. And he makes an excuse. He actually blames the master. Like, I knew you were a hard man. And he, he does all of this under this false pretense of a, of a fear. what we see is that's not the character of a generous master. The character of a generous master isn't going to breathe fear. It breathes out faith. And we see that carried out in the first two in the story. And so he makes an excuse. But we see faith lived out in the first two. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. The master is furious. He's like, if you knew I wanted the best, why did you do less than the least? Like, at minimum, you could have put it on in the bank and, and made a little interest off of it, but you did nothing. I, and he says, I, I let fear creep in and and I let fear speak louder than faith. I mean, and I think we do that too many times. We have this fear that we're not going to have enough of something. We're not going to have enough time or enough talent to do the things that God has called us to. I'm not gifted like. I can't speak like. I can't, I can't sing like them. I'm not, I'm not talented enough. And, and maybe you're not, honestly. Like, some of you probably can't sing, and you got to be okay with that. Like, come on. I've heard some of you. And I, I'm, this is coming from a guy that's not great at singing, but all have been given something. All of us. All of us can smile. All of us can learn. All of us can hold a door. So when we ask questions like, why are things still sideways? Why have my prayers not been answered? Why am I not seeing progress or transformation or, or this radical change? Why am I not happy? I think it's because happiness is found in partnering with God. Why, why am I not happy? Are you partnering with God in what you're doing? Are you using your time and your talent? Uh, no? Oh, well, let's start there. Because all of us can give of our time. Not because we ought to, but because we've been invited to. And because God went all in for me, the least I can do is go all in for him. He's generous. We are generous. They aren't ours. These gifts, this time, this talent isn't ours. They're all his and like the servants in the story, one day we will have to give an account for what we did with what we were given. Verse 28. So take the talent from him, the master says, and give it to the one who has ten. For whoever has been given more 
they will, be, will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, this is one of the most sobering passages in all of scripture. Because eternity is real. Heaven and being with God is real. Hell and being separated from God is real. Heaven is as real as the sun that's outside shining over us right now. And hell is as real as the earth beneath our feet. And what's so scary is that this isn't a stranger to the master. This is a servant. This story should shake us from our apathy and move us into action. I'm not saying your work will save you. I'm not saying your work will save you because we are saved by grace through faith. Faith, but I do believe faith and works walk hand in hand. Because real faith, people with real faith, they work. They get their hands dirty. And understand what we do is never proportional to what we have. What you do is never proportional to what you have. What you do is proportional to the grace you have received. And if I've received it all, my response is to go all in. But again, we live with the lie. I just don't have enough time. I'm not talented enough. I'm not good at that. It's not my personality. It's not how I'm wired. Josh, you don't understand. We've got practice and games and I've got meetings and we've got to run across town and then there's laundry to be folded and the dishes are piling up and I've got to make the Walmart run. They don't have it, so I've got to go to Walgreens or Dollar General or the Dollar Tree and and I've got all these things I've got to do. There's just not enough time in the day and you're right. I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and pretend I know what it's like to be you. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend to know what it's like to be married and to have kids and to be pulled in 50 different directions. I can't. That would be a lie. I can't pretend to know what it's like to be in your hectic situation. And some of you are raising kids by yourself. Or some of you are raising kids, you know, that don't belong to you. The neighbor kid pops in and you're like, is this one ours? No? Hey, all right. Set another plate for dinner. Some of you are are, are helping out with your parents who can't help themselves anymore. And for those of you who are in that situation, keep going. God is on your side and he's cheering for you. You can do this. I want to applaud you, but I don't have to understand just your situation to know it's not the amount of time you have. It's what you're doing with the time you've been given. Really, just to, to simplify it, What are you giving your yes to? What are you giving your yes to? Just like the servants in the story, it isn't about how much you've been given. It's it's about what you're doing with what you have. And what you have been given is his. Your time he gave, your talent he gave. don't, Don't mistake this for a guilt trip. Don't mistake this for a guilt trip that says, well, I'm, you're not doing enough. The problem isn't you're not doing enough. The problem is you're doing too much. You're not saying no. You're saying yes to too many things, and God gets your no. And and listen, we could have this huge rally. Like, we could have a a big rally and bring in the world's greatest communicators who give the perfect message, and we could show video after video that would that would just pull on your heartstrings and and open you up and we could celebrate. And there's a time and a place for those things. But after two or three days or two or three weeks, suddenly that rally cry isn't loud enough to sustain. And that video doesn't help you out anymore. And suddenly we slide back into, well, I don't have enough time. 
I don't have enough time. No, what we need is a perspective shift. What we need is a heart change by the power of the Holy Spirit towards who owns our time and who gave us our talent in the first place. We need a new understanding of what is not ours because it's all God's. We need you. We need your voice. We need your abilities. We need your perspective. We need your talent. We need your understanding. We need your work ethic. And, and I think it's even frowned upon to say that. Like, like you have people come in, the church gurus who know what to do, and like, hey, don't ever say you need somebody. Say you have an opportunity for them, okay? No, we need you. And my desperation isn't from a place of you simply filling a role or a job. Because that's what they tell us. It sounds desperate when you say you need someone. My desperation isn't from that place to fill a role or to fill a job. My desperation is from a place of wanting to see you fulfill your role in the body of Christ. Sign holders, coffee makers, parking lot people, someone to show someone a seat, people who can cook or clean, people who will hold open a door for another and say, what happened in here changed what's in there. So come on in. I just, I love Jesus and I've just, I've been chained by what happened in here and I'm going to hold the door open for you so that you can come inside and be changed yourself. I want to be generous with my time. I want to be generous with my talent. I want to see God move in people's lives. So I'm going to hold open the door and I'm going to invite the world because God invited me in. Come on. We're going to bring in the masses and God's going to change hearts. I've been inside. I know what happens in there. I'm just grateful, and I'm just thankful, and I just want to serve. That's the type of people we want to raise up, not an ought to. Oh, I've been invited to. I've been invited to do the things that matter most. And you and I have been given the same measure of time in a day, 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. Some of you are checking the math right now, and I love it because I'm not good at math, but it is an irrefutable fact that we have all been given the same amount of time. And so there is enough time, and God has provided you with the talent. But the question is how we spend them and what are you giving your yes to? If you're taking notes, I've got three principles we want to pull from this parable. Three principles. First one, it's all his. It's all his. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, Colossians 1.16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights over and over and over and over again. Scripture says it's all his. He created it. The visible and the invisible, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, which means your life and my life were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So we're not on a journey of self-preservation. We're on a journey of kingdom expansion. And he trusts us with a talent that he has given us. He trusts us with time that we will not hide his grace, but we'll generate it, we'll share it, we'll invest it so that others will see his goodness and want to share in that same grace. Point number two, I'm a steward. I'm a steward. 
Going back to Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. 1 Peter 4, 8-10, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So, like, if you're going to offer hospitality, do it without grumbling. Do it without, you know, crying about it. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve self. No, it, it says others, just making sure. To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You've received a gift as a faithful steward of God's grace. Call it purpose, call it work, call it abilities, call it talent, call it skill, call it whatever you want. We have been created on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose, to use our gift to serve others so that they might see God's glory. We are stewards of this earth. We've been given it to rule over. We are stewards of his love. We are stewards of his mercy. And we are to use the gifts we have received to serve others. To serve others. Number three, there's a promised return. There's a promised return. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. When we refresh another, we receive refreshing in return. When we invest in God's economy, there is a return. Like when you start giving your time to God, you're like, I don't have time for it, but I'm going to try this thing out. Had this crazy guy from Webster County come in and tell me that I, I need to give my time and, and I want to try it out. I, I kind of want to see what will happen. So I'm going to give a little more time to God, even though I don't think I have it because I'm tired. And God starts multiplying your rest. Or, or when you choose to take a Sabbath to remember God, but the fear of, ah, I need that day of productivity. I, I need another day to, to bring in the cash flow to get the work done. And you start seeing that God is able to do more with you in six days than you're able to do on your own in seven. Chick-fil-A, hello? You ignore the fear of losing production and suddenly you're able to do more. There's a promised return on what we invest with God. But like the parable, there's also a promised return of our God. Matthew 24, 30 and 31, and we'll tag on 36. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. And then verse 36, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Jesus is returning. And when he does, we will all stand and give an account of what we did with our time and our talent. Regardless of how much or how long we held it. Because it's not about the amount. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. It's about our action. It's about what we do with what we've been given to share in his joy, to share in his happiness. Because our generosity, listen, our generosity is not for our gain, it's for his glory. Your generosity is not for your personal gain. It's not for a pat on the back. It's for his glory. His glory alone. 
And we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And with your eyes closed, we're going to go into a time of prayer. And with every head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to tell you, your life is in God's hands right now. God owns everything. He created us, which means we belong to him. And as creator, he can give and take as much or as little as he pleases. He alone created life, which means he alone decides what life is for. And your life is right there in his hands. And in those hands are scars that have given us grace and shown us mercy. And those hands extend an invitation for us to receive what he offers. Regardless of how much or how little, we can make an impact for the kingdom. God doesn't want you to waste your life. He wants you to be generous, to serve as he served, and, and nothing should move us to generosity more than the cross. Where we see faith at work, where we see the work of the cross, the faith of Jesus and the grace of God put on display for all eternity to see. So you and I might be forgiven to know God and to make him known. And now we go out and we serve him with our time and our talent so that at the end of our life, when we come into the presence of our creator, we hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.